Hi folks, and welcome to Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis. If you know someone who likes animals or livestock and is willing to learn on the job, Sioux Nation has openings for veterinary technicians. Anyone interested in a job that is essential to animal agriculture should connect with us through our website, SiouxNationAg.com. Now I'd like to invite our listeners to join me in welcoming Jim Hagen, the South Dakota State Secretary of Tourism. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Doc. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, well, thanks for taking the time to come talk with us today. Now, you've served in your this role since 2011, and uh, you grew up in the northeast region of South Dakota, graduating from Aberdeen Central High, and then went to the University of Southern California, huh? Yeah, that was a little bit of a leap, right, from uh, <laughs> rural South Dakota to, to busy uh, metro at Los Angeles, but that's correct. Oh, I, I the biggest leap I could think of is how cold it's in Aberdeen all the time and how warm it's got to be down at USC. <laughs> I, I won't complain. The weather was pretty nice in Southern California. <laughs> I guess so. Now, you've also served as the state chief of staff and special advisor to Governor Bill Janklow. Yep, eight years of uh, of serving with Bill, which was uh, you know, I was really not that far out of college, mm-hmm. uh, and I was a very young chief of staff, so I think uh, he made me his chief of staff, I can't remember, it was 25 or 26, and yeah, it was it was quite a quite a ride with him during his uh, second stint as governor, so sure. I learned a lot, and that was fun. I read that in 2017, the South Dakota Department of Tourism named agritourism as one of its niche areas of development, and this has been something you've been working to develop in our state. Absolutely. You know, um, we, we went through a strategic planning process a couple of years ago, and what we did is we went out to the South Dakota tourism industry and South Dakotans and said, hey, listen, what are we missing? What, what should we be focusing in on even more that we aren't right now? And there were three areas of development that popped up right away. One was tribal tourism, which we have a new initiative on, uh, outdoor recreation, which we have a larger focus on, and agritourism, which we were really, really happy to see. And so I think nearly 80 percent doc of the respondents uh, to that survey, and we had thousands uh, in the survey, said uh, the, de- uh, the Department of Tourism should play a role in the development of agritourism, and that's really how the ball uh, started rolling. Okay. Now, you know, for some folks out here, since our listening audience is mostly livestock producers and farmers, they may be wondering, agritourism, what exactly is that? Because I can't think of my job being as something that exciting. Well, you know, it, it sort of has a broad definition, uh, too. And so w- when you think of agritourism, the first thing that might come to mind is an actual farmer ranch operation. And, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, Doc, we're running into literally thousands of visitors every year who don't have a clue where their food comes from. And I know that that sounds so foreign. Uh, to us, to, to us South Dakotans, mm-hmm. but they don't have a clue where their food comes from, how it's produced, what a what an actual cattle operation looks like, or um, a hog operation, any of those things. So um, when we asked visitors to, I mean, what does agritourism mean to you? What what activities would be most most interesting and, and pique your attention? And so what they, what they've said, and this is from the highest percentage to the lowest, but they're all pretty equal. It's it's local wineries and breweries. It's farmers market and local food. It's farm and uh, ranch lodging options and operations. Uh, it's farm, dairy, or ranch tours. It's interaction with farm animals. It's visiting a perennial garden. 
Uh, it could be wagon and hay rides. It's orchards, uh, pumpkin patches, specialty farms, whether you're, you know, hops or, or growing some sort of berries, corn mazes, fruit and vegetable picking. So, you know, it runs the gamut. And I, I think sometimes we may have a little bit of a narrow focus, but, but it's a pretty broad uh, array of activities that, uh, that agritourism en- encompasses. And we have all of these in South Dakota. So uh, we're just so excited to continue to, to grow this area uh, for us. Not only does it put a focus on our number one industry, agriculture, but it marries it so nicely with the state's second uh, largest industry, tourism. So, um, yeah, we're expecting big things in the years ahead when it comes to agritourism. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, like you said, second biggest industry in South Dakota is tourism. So we really have a leg up on other states when it comes to capturing that tourist audience for agritourism. There's no question. And, and the thing that, that I think I, we're most excited about as a team is that, you know, South Dakota is known when it when it comes to the tourism industry with, okay, you've got Mount Rushmore, which is this iconic uh, international symbol of, of freedom and democracy. We've got Badlands National Park. We've got Crazy Horse. We've got the this incredible resource uh, of the Missouri River. We've got this amazing pioneer history on eastern South Dakota. Uh, we've got you know wineries and breweries and great museums and we call the I-29 uh, I-29 our cultural corridor because of all the fun museums and wineries mm-hmm. and breweries mm-hmm. and, and things uh, like that. But yeah, it's just there uh, you know <laughs> we have such a broad array uh, of things that we can put a focus on and uh, and so yeah, it's like I said my team and I are just excited about the potential that is building here and uh, and it's only going to go up. So we have these iconic things that you can experience, but our goal really is to get people off off that beaten path of I-29 and I-90. Let's mm-hmm. get them into to rural South Dakota so they can experience uh, all that agritourism has. And and the the end goal for us is really let's get more visitors to more corners of the state, to more rural areas so they're visiting our, our local businesses, they're generating that tax revenue, and we're keeping them here longer. So instead of maybe stand, spending two days because of our agritourism uh, offerings, they may spend four days or five days. So at the end of the day, that's really what, what we want to see happen. Pulling them off of I-90, that's always a big key. Uh, what are some of the ways you guys are trying to do that? Yeah, so this summer, we're pretty excited. We're we're entering a new partnership with a company uh, developing an app, and what this app will do is it, it really will direct people, if they're on a smartphone or a tablet or something like that, it really will direct them off the main thoroughfares in into rural areas of the state. So we're going to have an outreach to all of rural South Dakota and say to so many communities, hey, give us a couple things in your community. I don't care if it's a famous diner uh, on your main street. Um, it's a livestock auction. It's a it's a gymnasium, you know, that, that is somewhat historic. I, I don't care what it is. What, what do you think visitors would love about your particular town? And we want to feature that uh, in this app with this company. And so um, it, our focus really is to, to focus, you know, to focus on rural South Dakota, find those gems that, that visitors may not know about and probably don't know about, but it will entice them to get off the major thoroughfares um, you know, if they're on their way to Mount Rushmore, but maybe spend uh, a day or two up in the northeast corner mm-hmm. or uh, up near Mobridge or wherever. So um, we're excited about it. There, we have a lot more details to work out on that, but that, that is going to be one of our big focuses here uh, this summer and beyond. Where we live at, when we go out West River, a lot of times we'd like to take Highway 44 for like yeah. the reasons you're describing. I mean, Stop and Gregory, Sissy's Cafe, Day Springs Coffee, both of them are awesome. Highway 44 right. is beautiful drive. 
Yeah, absolutely. You cross that river at Platte, that next 15 to 20 miles in those river breaks are gorgeous. And then it just takes you right on the south side of the Badlands for the rest of that drive. Yeah, you're you're describing it perfectly, and and uh, you know, n- coming out of COVID, what consumers are saying uh, as we come out of COVID is they really are looking for rural experiences, and they are looking for places where they can get out and uh, and still socially distance and all these things. In fact, the survey there's been an ongoing survey doc that has been going on now for over a year uh, when the pandemic started, and when Americans are asked now today, where do you plan to visit in the next three months? What are the type of destinations you want to see. Small towns or rural destinations has either been number one or number two wow. for, la- for the last six months. There are other things like uh, state, county, regional parks, U.S. national parks, uh, mountain destinations. Of the top eight, South Dakota, or the top six, South Dakota has four of those in spades. But that mm-hmm. small town and rural destinations really speaks to a, a change in the mindset of visitors that they really do want to get away from from bigger crowds. They want to get out and and have these experiences where they can still socially distance, breathe fresh air, mm-hmm. uh, experience something new. And and there's no better place than South Dakota for that. Sure, like our little ranch stead bed and breakfasts and those kind of places yes. would fit the bill, wouldn't they? Completely. So, um, yeah, I just like I said, if I sound excited about this, I am because I just we you know we're so blessed to live in this state and we have so much to offer visitors, not only domestic but globally and I know that they're just they're really going to be enticed uh, by mm-hmm. this sure like so if we go back to focusing just on the agritourism aspect in itself this is a market that has grown significantly here in the past 20 years is that correct no question and you know I think it's it's probably grown faster in some other destinations uh, just because they may not have everything that we we have in terms of the big iconic mm-hmm. national parks and memorials and things like that Um but we're, you know, it, it, it certainly is an incredibly important uh, part uh, of any offering uh, if you have, have it to offer. And so, yeah, I would say the last 20 years it has exploded and it just continues uh, as, as consumers keep saying. I mean, I could show you other surveys that say, you know, what are, what's motivating your trip? And mm-hmm. people just think differently now, especially younger visitors. It's all about the experience. It's mm-hmm. experiencing a different culture, different cuisines, uh, meeting new people, just all the, it's, you know, it's education. And uh, that's what I love about agritourism too, because it's all of those in one. I mean, it's, it's educating people uh, mm-hmm. about uh, farm, op- farm and ranch operations. It's, it's helping them experience new cuisines and meet new people and uh, different lifestyles. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's, it's just tailor-made for us. Yeah. I mean, it's so curious to hear you talk about this because last summer, uh, my wife and I stayed at a bed and breakfast over by Philip when we went out. We loved to go out and hike in the Badlands. And it was so interesting. I mean, with us just, you know, being basically a skip and a hop away over in East River, running out to Philip wasn't that big a deal. But the wide variety of people that we ran into there and, and why they were staying there, because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Philip's a little bit of a jaunt off I-90. Sure. But uh, it was so interesting to see that those different types of people, what you were describing of people that wanted to experience things, they were really the folks that we seemed to see the most of that were our co-guests yeah. at that place. There's no question. In fact, I, uh, someone that I had just talked to uh, a few days ago said to me, hey, you know, we were just out 
uh, in western South Dakota, and we stopped at this little uh, little campground, and, and that's where we stayed. And did you know what? There were license plates from 17 different states. Jeepers. Uh, 17 already. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I love that. I lo- and, and it was such a wide variety uh, of where these uh, from from where these cars were from, so mm-hmm. uh, with these license plates, so I, I expect we're going to continue to see more and more of that. Now, are there some challenges for us to be able to capture this audience? Things that we might need to address to make sure we get them. Yeah, I think um, number one is uh, just I say this all the time to people: if if they have an interest in agritourism, for sure, make sure you're connecting uh, with the Department of Tourism. Uh, we have a work group that's been meeting now for a couple years. And uh, it, it, it is uh, inclusive of everybody from uh, USDA, USDA Rural Development to SDSU Extension to East River Electric, uh, South Dakota Specialty Producers, a, a number, a great, great representation. But make sure you're plugging in uh, to, this, to this work group. Um, and uh, you can contact our office and, and we'll, we'll make sure you do. If you have an active agritourism business right now, um, make sure you also contact the Department of Tourism because we're going to want to make sure you have a free business listing on TravelSouthDakota.com, which is our official consumer website. We're getting close to 2 million visitors a year, and that traffic is exploding. So, um, you know, it's a great way for, for free to get some pictures and a write-up of, of, uh, of your regular tourism offering uh, right now. But, um, yeah, the biggest challenge is making sure you're getting connected, uh, educating the department, educating this work group on, on what you're doing. Um, there's some other challenges we have right now. We're taking a deeper dive into liability uh, and looking at mm-hmm. some statutes, state statutes, in terms of where liability uh, currently stands. And we want to make sure that our, our producers – um, farm and ranch families uh, have the have the correct amount of liability or are protected, and so mm-hmm. uh, we'll take take a look at that this summer to make sure that uh, there's some peace of mind out there for for those who are entering uh, this niche area of focus. So, um, you know, those are just some of the things, some of my suggestions, maybe some of the challenges we have right now. But honestly, um, those are very minor challenges, and and uh, we've we've just got a whole runway in front of us in terms of possibilities. So maybe one other question then, uh, as far as producers out there that may be thinking this might be something that my family could possibly be a part of, are there any niches that you could see would be good to fill that currently are a little lacking in our agritourism offering in the state? You know, we have room to grow literally in every area. So, it, you know, it's been fun over, and you, you've seen this yourself, the, the local wineries and breweries really popping up now. Oh, I'm partaking in every one of them I can. So, <laughs> Good, good, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, farmers' markets have popped up. Um, I, I think it'd be fun to see even more farm-to-table meals and, uh, and mm-hmm. maybe seeing uh, more restaurants throughout the state source their materials from, from South Dakota uh, producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's an opportunity there. But, you know, when you look at what those visitors told us, whether it, wh- whether it be a tour of a farm or a ranch or horseback riding or pumpkin picking, corn mazes, all these, there's just... There's a, we've got a lot of room to grow. We've got all these offerings, uh, but still so much more uh, that we can do. So um, I wouldn't, uh, I, I don't know that I would steer anybody. And, and hunting and fishing, also, mm-hmm. I should mention that. I mean, that's a part of agritourism uh, as well. So I wouldn't uh, discourage anyone from any one of these areas. And I mean, we do have some advantages too for when you talk about farm to table that yeah. you know oh. we have our own state inspection program for meats so that we can make that happen easier and you know we already have existing farmers markets so we can make some of these things happen easier it, we really do right. have a lot going for us that way 
Yeah, absolutely. And people, and you know what? And visitors love that. I mean, that is an area that has just exploded over the last, you know, five to seven to eight years of, of people going to restaurants and really wanting to know, Hey, where did, where did my steak come from? Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, are these vegetables locally sourced or the fruit and, and visitors eat that up because they want to, not only did they want to act like a local, they want to eat like a, a local. They want to go to the same uh, brew pubs and wineries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they, you know, they want to do what the locals do. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess they'll eat a lot of chislic then. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, you know, thank you very much. This is a very exciting and interesting topic. I really appreciate you taking the time to reach out to us and our listening audience to learn more about it. Oh, Doc, no, it's been my pleasure and and look forward to, to future updates as well. Thank you very much. And thank you for our listening audience to take the time to stop in and hear what we got to say. Y'all take care, folks. 